I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new Season 3, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Live, Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry. I have a, a quick update on that story unfolding right now in Payson, Utah, where authorities uh, would like uh, residents there to know uh, that a shelter in place remains in effect for the entire city of Payson as they uh, hunt for uh, the suspect involved in uh, these alleged assaults. Uh, and I say assaults plural because uh, there initially, as the story goes, uh, was one victim. Uh, the uh, the the suspect was uh, approached by uh, a woman, uh, and when when that interaction commenced, uh, the suspect turned his attention then to the uh, woman, approached her where she uh, in her home operates a, a daycare facility, and the the initial word from police was that the man uh, began attacking the children. The update now uh, from Sergeant Sandoval from the Payson Police Department. She says that six to seven children were taken to the hospital by ambulance. The lieutenant on scene initially said they weren't transported, so that's just a clarification. The extent of the injuries is unknown, but Sergeant Sandoval says she doesn't believe any of them are serious and that the suspect had dropped the sledgehammer before entering the daycare. Uh, it's it's mind-bending. I, I cannot even imagine uh, the, the, the evil in someone. Should these allegations prove true, uh, that would lead someone to uh, set their sights on attacking uh, young children, six to seven of them, as uh, reported by Sergeant Sandoval. Uh, it's just, uh, I cannot wrap my brain around it. Uh, and I'm anxious to hear uh, the, the resolution of this, and hopefully uh, soon uh, all of the authorities who have descended on the scene, and I can see uh, from photographs in Payson right now, there are uh, dozens of law enforcement vehicles from numerous agencies. They're taking this thing very seriously uh, and uh, look forward to, to its resolution. And, of course, uh, you know, wishing the best for, for these children and all involved uh, in these alleged attacks. Uh, all right. I want to talk to you uh, now about uh, a conversation that started earlier in the week. There was a claim made uh, Russia. Russia made the claim. Vladimir Putin said that they have developed an effective vaccine against the coronavirus. That it has passed through uh, the various uh, phases of trial and that his confidence in this vaccine is so high that he has even uh, given his blessing to the administration of the vaccine to his own daughter. And that her symptoms specifically her fever, broke, all thanks to the vaccine. Now, immediately, c coverage of this uh, from around the globe was skeptical. Knowing the process through which vaccines which receive uh, U.S. approval go, the timeline just didn't make sense. doesn't make sense for scientists and regulators around the world. There's a certain standard, right? And it's a, a various uh, phased process. Uh, initially, 
there is some uh, lab testing uh, or some testing done on human cells. And then it moves into uh, phase one of the human trials. A very small group uh, receives uh, the vaccine. Those individuals are observed. And if there is no uh, side effect, if they are not uh, injured in some way by the vaccine, it moves on to a larger group uh, of individuals who receive the potential vaccine. They are sent back out to live their lives, touch base with them a little bit later. They keep a diary. You get a sense of, all right, if these uh, people have been exposed to the coronavirus, were they able to combat it? And that's just another simple, relatively uh, safe check. And then... And this is the one that we have heard uh, recently being undertaken by a number of pharmaceutical manufacturers. That's phase three. Phase three. And since you and I are now armchair uh, uh, virologists and epidemiologists, we know all, immunologists, we know all about this stuff. And we know that that study, phase three, requires 30-some thousand people. That 30-some-odd thousand uh, receive the potential vaccine, and those people are tracked for a time. Half of that big group receives uh, a vaccine. The other half receives a, a placebo, and their movements and their progress and their symptoms and everything that's possibly uh, measured uh, is measured. And that data is compiled, and it is from that data where the, the last steps in the approval process, at least in the United States by the FDA, uh, is is conducted. And then uh, there's manufacturing and distributing uh, that is undertaken at that phase. But the developed uh, vaccine is ready once it passes through all those phases. Now, what if? What if you were somehow able to bypass or at least fast track phase three? What am I talking about? Laboratories are around the world are working to develop and test uh, these potential coronavirus vaccines. Uh, but the biggest challenge is time and the inability to know if the people who took the vaccine are actually exposed to the virus. That's why that 30,000 group is so large. Now, there's an advocacy group working to change that. It's called One Day Sooner. You may have heard of this by now, uh, but One Day Sooner has uh, received word from over 30,000 people from countries around the world who have signed up to participate in what is called a challenge trial. And this is where uh, Russia may come in, a challenge trial. This is where a dramatically smaller portion of people far smaller than the 30,000 group, which takes time and money and resources. And did I mention time? What if you were to collect a, a smaller group of willing participants, administer to them the vaccine? No, no placebo. Everyone participating gets the vaccine. And then what happens next, and the reason why it's called a human challenge study, is that those individuals are intentionally exposed to the virus. Most places around the world uh, reject this approach. They feel it's uh, unethical, especially with a novel virus like this, with no known and time-tested uh, therapies. So the question is, could someone actually become a participant in this uh, and give full consent while there is really uh, too many unknowns on the other end? 
Well, uh, one of the outfits developing a vaccine right now, Oxford University, a professor there who is heading up the development of the Oxford vaccine, Adrian Hill, he's one of 100 prominent researchers who have sent an open letter uh, to the institutes of health here in the United States advocating for challenged trials. In fact, his lab in Oxford has developed one of the most promising vaccine candidates, and he says it's important for researchers to know quickly if it really works. We can do a challenge trial with 40 people and get a very informative result on whether a vaccine is working. The vast majority, the vast majority of volunteers, though, in a a challenge study would be relatively young people who are at low risk between the ages of 18 and 25. And Hill, Adrian Hill of Oxford, says that while there is a danger, it's not significant. A lot of people feel very passionately that they should be that the tiny risk is uh, worth it for the benefit of developing a vaccine or a drug faster. The, the, the risk of death amongst this pool of 18 to 25-year-olds, uh, those who are at low risk, who uh, otherwise have no underlying conditions, uh, no comorbidities, uh, no cardiovascular troubles or anything like that. They are uh, they're healthy, uh, they are young, they're in the prime of life. Uh, the risk of death after exposure to the coronavirus right now is approximately 0.01%. Now, the, the study that has gathered uh, that figure also compares it to uh, the risk associated uh, with, say, a kidney transplant, where the risk of death is 0.03%, a procedure which happens routinely. In fact, uh, coincidentally, a friend of mine uh, just about uh, a month ago was on the receiving end of a kidney transplant, and he's doing very well today. So my question to you is, and I'd like you to pick up the phone and talk to me about it, 801-575-8255, 801-575-TALK. Pick up the phone and give me a call. Is a human challenge study like this, is it ethical? Is it right? Should we be considering it here in the United States? Should we uh, intentionally expose willing participants to the coronavirus in an effort to fast track uh, our progress towards a vaccine? Uh, I'm so curious to hear what you have to say. 575-8255. 801-575-TALK is the number. Look forward to hearing you next on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio. Welcome back to Live Mike. Final hour of this week's uh, Live Mike. That's it. You and I are going to take a break. We'll be back together on Monday. Uh, one more hour to go. And we're going to cover a bit of ground here before we say goodbye for the day. Uh, in a moment, I'm going to open up the phone lines and uh, we're going to have a conversation about uh, something called a human challenge study. You know, there are vaccines for the coronavirus being developed uh, around the globe right now. And for the most part, there is a fairly standard approach to that process. Phase three is the one you have heard so much of recently, specifically uh, the Moderna company uh, is is engaged in phase three right now. It's where uh, about 30,000 uh, volunteers are administered uh, either a vaccine, a potential vaccine or a placebo. And then their movements and experience and symptoms are all tracked. And that data then is used uh, to determine whether or not the administered uh, vaccine or the potential vaccine uh, is effective. Uh, or not, but uh, I I got I got sucked on a rabbit hole last night. I was uh, my wife was doing some online schooling. Uh, little baby Piper had gone to bed, uh, and I was laying there on the couch with my phone, uh, clicking and clacking around, and I stumbled into uh, this idea of a human challenge study. 
And it is where instead of uh, phase three of the trial being executed, as you've heard it described, uh, instead a far smaller a group of individuals would all be administered the potential vaccine. No, no placebo in the human challenge study. They all received the vaccine. And then, and then, this is the controversial part, they are intentionally exposed to the coronavirus or whatever uh, the, 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 the virus in question might be. Uh, but right now, uh, there are those who are speculating as to whether or not that's an ethical thing to do. Now, where does the ethical question come in? It seems like, and we'll speak uh, with Ryan in just a moment who feels this way, if, you, if you're willing to participate, what's the issue? Well, participation is rooted in uh, consent, and consent uh, is dependent and is rooted in information, informed consent. Okay, fine. Well, you know what you're getting into. You're being exposed uh, to an unknown virus. All right. Well, what is unknown, because this is a novel virus, there aren't established therapies to bring you back from the brink if you should uh, travel down that unfortunate road. Because of that unknown, there are some uh, who argue that it's impossible to be fully uh, informed. Now, again, uh, th th this debate splits even the medical community. Uh, we heard before the break from a, a professor at University of Oxford, specifically the professor who is heading up uh, the testing right now of their own coronavirus vaccine, where they are implementing a human challenge study. So what do you think? What do you think? Should there be those uh, who are willing to expose themselves to this? If, if, if it could somehow uh, shorten the timeline, truncate it to the point uh, where you and I and our families and the healthcare workers and the vulnerable, everyone uh, can uh, just a little bit quicker get their hands on a vaccine and maybe you and I uh, can get this COVID-19 in our rearview mirror. What do you think? Uh, is that a fair approach? Is the risk worth the potential gain? 801-575-TALK. 801-575-8255. Ryan from Saratoga Springs joins me. Ryan, what do you think about all this? Well, Lee, how are you doing? First off, love KSL. Um, I'm just going to say these human challenge trials, as you say, if participants are willing and they give consent and they're young and we look at the facts, like you were talking earlier, like the 0.001% of whatever age range healthy, I, I, I don't see how it could even, people could even think it's unethical. But that's my opinion. And about, I think... Uh, I think it's hard to teach an old dog new tricks, and I think it's great we got all these standardized testing and we got all these human trials, but it's time for the world to change a little bit, change the way we do things, and I think this human challenge trials uh, start at that, especially for the medical community. I, I, I won't. Uh, I won't ask you your, you know, your health condition or anything like that. We can keep that private. But let me ask you. Let's say uh, hypothetically, you are uh, young and healthy, and you at least fit the criteria for those able to volunteer for a study like this. Would you, uh, sir, uh, intentionally expose yourself to the coronavirus? Absolutely, I would do it for everybody in the state of Utah and the country. You know, if I'm young and the facts show that the odds are that I'm not going to get sick or you know, die from this, I would do it in a heartbeat just to help everybody out. I tend to agree with you. I tend to agree with you. I'm not sure what the age range is. I may be a little bit outside of it these days. I think they're looking for uh, people between 18 and uh, 25. But uh, if I were in the acceptable age range, I, 
I'd put my hand up. A- absolutely. Uh, even as a father, uh, even as a husband, even as a brother and a son, I think that that if this approach were to legitimately uh, shrink the timeline, and time is our enemy right now, right? Uh, it, it, the, the sooner we solve this problem, uh, the, 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 the sooner uh, we can uh, stop getting these reports daily of, of Utahns and Americans and global citizens losing their life to this virus. If I could contribute to even a day uh, shorter timeline, uh, I'd put my hand up. Absolutely, 100%. Uh, so, uh, Ryan, thanks for the call there. Um, texter sent this note in and says, Lee, wasn't Russia accused of trying to hack into pharmaceutical company servers? Uh, I, I think that accusation is true, uh, but I also think that uh, in Russia they may have been engaged in some of this human challenge study. Now, uh, were the participants willing and like informed and giving informed consent and all that? I don't know. Uh, I sure hope so. Uh, I don't know. Uh, but if, uh, if, if Russia, if Vladimir Putin is confident in going forward with, uh, uh, with his vaccine, I imagine he, he must have some sort of reason for that confidence. Or uh, maybe he's just playing a game with the rest of us. Who knows? Uh, Sputnik V, uh, name of their uh, vaccine there. Who knows how they got to that point. But uh, if it's legitimate, this may explain how they arrived at that point. And we'll see uh, how things turn out. Uh, it's University of Oxford right now uh, using this tactic. Uh, the rest of the companies uh, who are in the, the, the phrase, phase three position right now, uh, in fact, not. Uh, going for human challenge study, just having some ethical problems with that. Uh, if you have any added thoughts, uh, I want you to throw them uh, my way via text, 57500. That's the Utah Community Credit Union text line. Uh, before we go, there are some uh, who have also voiced uh, their willingness to participate in uh, a study like this. In that same interview uh, where uh, Dr. Adrian Hill from Oxford uh, shared his thoughts, uh, here a, a potential a potential volunteer, Alehu Gray, uh, one of the volunteers for the challenge trial, uh, said that it is, in fact, worth the risk if she can protect her parents. My mom works for the VA and my dad works for the TSA. So they're basically like on the front lines every single day and they're both essential. So for me, if if I could take some of the risk off of them and and put it onto myself since I'm young and healthy and, and you know, they're much more high risk. Um, like that's, that's a no brainer. Yeah. No brainer for me as well. We're going to take a break here. When we return, we'll be speaking with a nurse, uh, a nurse who is on the front lines of this battle of the coronavirus each and every day. Uh, she comes to us from, uh, New York. She traveled here to Utah to help after a number of Utahns answered the call by, uh, New York city to go and lend some help. She's repaying that debt. She'll join us next on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio.